Welcome to You Heard with Nerds. I'm Brett. I'm Dorian. And we got some nerd news for you guys today. We sure do. So what we're going to be talking about is uh, The Last of Us show It cast. It's Joel and Ellie. Uh, we're also going to be talking about Gina Carano and uh, being fired from Lucasfilm. CG Project Red's uh, cyber attack. But first things first, uh, Joker's new look for the Snyder Cut has been revealed. So if you're watching the video uh, version of this podcast, yeah, I will put pictures. up some pictures. Yep. So um, um, hmm. I don't know, man. Like I, I do. Okay. It's a step up. I will say yes. that it's a step so, up and away from the suicide squad Joker. Which, yes. If, for I, those of you who forgot, which you, y'all you probably know, did or didn't see the movie. So, or, or you want to forget, right? What we got in that movie was kind of like, a gangster as in modern day, like street gang, tatted up slick back hair yeah almost like a rapper no shirt. Like, uh, yeah no shirt like little, wearing a little wayne post malone or something yeah. like that yeah so basically it's a he had some tattoos on his face like a bunch of face tats and it's a damaged on his head and he was wearing yeah. a grill like i think yeah you know like uh had you know he had the slick back joker hair which is you know pretty normal kind of yeah. we, we get we get a very different joker and this could be a joker that's been in uh jail for a while so yeah you know. for for those of you listening i mean uh the pictures seem to indicate that he is like in a jail uh cell of some kind he uh, doesn't have the tattoos anymore he his hair is actually long now kind of a little more wild kind of what i was expecting uh to get like when we first got uh jared leto as a joker i figured he would keep the long hair that he usually has and just kind of do that take, which I was kind of more interested in seeing. So we're kind of getting that now. And it kind that of more means, of a, like a Heath Ledger makeup scenario. Yeah, yeah definitely. Definitely uh, looks like a, a um, messy version yeah. of the Joker's face makeup. So yeah, uh, has some scars on him now too. So yeah, it's a, uh, it's definitely a uh, Heath Ledger inspired for sure. I mean, just kind of more, not like overly, but subtle. I would yeah, say very yeah. subtle, but yeah, uh, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, for for starters, can I just say I am so glad we are this close to putting this movie behind us here. You know, yeah, we, we talk about it every week, but it just I mean, stuff yeah, keeps happening. And there's other stuff yeah. we could talk about, but yeah, yeah, but but uh, it'll it'll be nice. It'll be nice. Yeah, and I mean, I'm glad the tattoos are gone. He still looks like a McCulkin here. You know, I mean, he he looks like he could just be blending in with that family, like. If you McCauley, told me that was like yeah. one of the McCulkins like playing the Joker, I would have totally believed you. Like, yeah, Macaulay Culkin, or or any of them. They they all kind of yeah. had that same look here. But I mean, yeah, if it, if you told me it was uh, Macaulay Culkin uh, behind the makeup and the I'd wig and all you, yeah. that, I would. Yeah, yeah, it looks like him. <laughs> well, they're learning, you know. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, my voice is like. <clears throat> <clears throat> All right. Uh, well, they're learning, you know, uh, and so is Tom Holland. Apparently, I mean, kind but not of, really. But I not mean, really. I mean, he has Tom Holland finally learned to keep a secret, ladies and gentlemen. The answer it, may surprise you. Yeah, exactly. So he may have learned how to keep a secret, but he sure certainly doesn't not know how to tell a lie. It's, let's just put it no, that way. No. Yeah. So uh, basically, he's he's so. This is interesting because everyone knows that 
I mean, for the most part, we haven't confirmed it yet, but it's all but confirmed. Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire are going to be in the new Spider-Man movie. And basically Tom Holland saying, uh, basically, I know nothing about that. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. They're anyway, not going to be showing yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, and here's his quote. Unless they have hidden the most massive piece of information for me, which I think is too big of a secret for them to keep from me. But as of yet, no. When he was asked about whether or not the previous Spider-Man were going to be showing up. Now, that being said, uh, Tom Holland, that's cute. You know, yeah. I mean, I mean, it would be absolutely <laughs> hilarious if they did that to him, knowing full well yeah. that he couldn't keep his mouth shut. Like no. he's doing no. like, like, like they they have like stand-ins for, and he thinks he's like a different character or something like that. That would and be then funny. like in the in the final uh, part or the final uh, the, the final cut. Uh, cut. Yeah, yeah. It actually they, piece, has, they, they CGI him in, like they put him in different, basically. You know, like, <clears throat> Like in in the old school, like I guess they could still do it now, but like I remember like back in like the nineties, they did. That. Yeah, if you had two the two people on the same screen, you could split screen it or whatever. Right, exactly. That's so. Well, not only that, uh, but did you hear uh, how they kept uh, Tony Stark's death a uh, secret uh, from Tom Holland in uh, no. Endgame? No. Uh, so you know, like at the very end, where they have that kind of memorial slash funeral for Tony Stark, where they put the, uh, the arc reactor. Out oh, on yeah. the lake. So Tom Holland in that scene, the Russos told him that that was a wedding scene. Oh yeah. I think I do remember that actually. That's funny. Yeah. So, so, you know, Tom Holland could, as far as I know, could be in the dark completely I about would. all this. And yeah, I'd put him but, in the dark. Yeah. But honestly, I'm really surprised. Uh, the folks that hire him, allow him to talk to the press just in general here yeah i think i I think they probably don't that's why he's saying what he's saying but he has other movies coming out so he's probably doing press for those right and then then of course they're gonna ask him so what's going on with spider-man 3 i heard that andrew garfield's gonna be in it and he's like i don't know what you're talking about let's be honest tom holland's a bad liar we all know they're gonna be in it right i mean again all but confirmed but no, I figured they would put uh, Tom Holland on the Marshawn Lynch policy, saying like, yeah. you know, if if you yeah. say anything about this, we'll kill you. Yeah, I'm just here so I won't get fined. Yeah, yeah, basically. All right. So, well, uh, yeah. So we'll see. Maybe they won't be in the movie, but I'd highly doubt it. Yeah. Peacemaker has a premiere date, and this is before we even get a trailer for a movie that comes out in just a few months. Right. Uh, which is January 2022 on HBO Max. Yeah. I mean, you know, once I see Suicide Squad, I'm going to have a better idea of if I'm excited or not. I don't know about, you know, yeah, I don't know about I mean, it yet. No, I mean, I'm, I'm in the same boat with you here. I mean, this is cool, but I won't be excited until I actually see what his character is like in the upcoming movie, you know? Right, right. <clears throat> Sorry. All right, so Jack Black has been cast in Borderlands movie. We got mm-hmm. news of uh, you know Kevin Hart the other week. Jamie Lee Curtis is going to be playing Doctor Tannis. Yeah, uh, and so Jack's going to be voicing Claptrap, which is you know makes sense, I guess. Uh, yeah, comic relief character uh, in a movie full of comedians. I d- I don't know. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. He uh, I've been loving what Jack Black Jack Black has been doing. But honestly, I thought I thought he was retiring after Jumanji too. Like I thought he was. Yeah, he said he was done. 
he said something about that. Um, yeah, roughly after that movie came out, basically said that, you know, he's taking a break at least for a while, but apparently that didn't last too long. So, yeah, but I mean, you know, it's you can just do voiceover work from your house. I guess it's not a big deal because obviously, right. and, well, and that's kind of what I was going to get to is like, unless like, robot, they're, so. right. Unless like they're bringing them in to do some mocap, which I don't know why you would because <laughs> claptrap is not they don't have the same build. At, yeah. at all. Well, I mean, kind of short and, 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 you know, a little wide, but that's you know, true. other, other than that, I mean that there's, yeah, not much in terms of like build similarities here, but yeah. So he, uh, yeah. So it might just be the fact that because he's, uh, being a voice actor, um, you know, I think that could definitely have something to do with him coming out of retirement. It's less, less stunt work or less like, you know, yeah. having to be on screen, blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm just waiting for the rock to get cast in this movie because I feel like at this point, I, I bet you he will. I it's mean, Juma- well, because- it's Jumanji three, basically. <laughs> exactly. Which I mean, that's supposed to come out at some point here, but yeah. no, uh, um, because there is a guy from the first borderlands. Uh, his name's brick. He's kind of like a big muscle bound guy. And I'm like, of course the rock has to play that guy, either him or either John Cena, one of the two, but hey, they're both around. They're, they're both, both around a lot of movies. You know, they're able and willing. So how about it? Yeah. Well, uh, let's talk about last of us. We got some leads this week on who are playing the leads. And that would be, uh, Pedro Pascal is playing Joel. Yeah. Okay. Pick, I guess. Uh, it's okay. and then Be- I mean, yeah, Bella Ramsey's playing Ellie from, and yeah. if you, you guys know her from game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, she's, uh, uh, I think her name was Liana late. Mormont. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Like she was, she was, like she was a, essentially, she was essentially the head of the Mormont, uh, house. Yes. Uh, she was a child. She, uh, she fought, um, uh, in like a couple of the battles, like most notably the one with uh, uh, the White Walkers at Winterfell, like in season eight and stuff. So, yeah. but yeah, I love I love during Game of Thrones. She's a good actress. I'm interested to see how she plays Ellie in this. So, you know, it'll she be interesting seems a see. little young, but I guess it's been a while since the show's been out, too. And they probably. Well, well right, because the last time we saw her, she looked like probably she was like maybe about 10 years old or so and yeah. it's and that was filmed in 2018 i want to say so okay so that's about right maybe 13. so she'll be like 13, so she 14. so she's roughly right around the right age here okay. so i think i think uh i think things will line up just fine here for the most part pedro pascal you know it's all right choice i mean i think they they're mostly just kind of banking more on his like you know, most uh, recent like found fame. I mean, you know, being being kind of cast in like uh, uh, Wonder Woman and The Mandalorian. You know, just kind of writing his uh, current star star trip that he's on or fame trip or whatever. Yeah. Um. Honestly, I think my first choice would be Hugh Jackman, just because. Oh, yeah, he has the look and everything. Well, right, exactly. Because you look at Old Man Logan and you look at Joel, it's like, okay, yeah, they are like almost the same person and you know it would be very very uh uh typecasting seeing how you know 
Hugh Jackman kind of already did this movie in a certain way here, you know, right. going across like kind of a dystopian America with, uh, with, a uh, you know, uh, kind of like a, a daughter girl. figure. Si- yeah. A sidekick or something like that. And he's kind of like <laughs> a worn and weary man, but man, I mean, if, I mean, I, I could not think of anybody more perfect to play Joel in that, in that regard, but yeah, I've actually this news literally just broke yesterday, and I've seen YouTube videos that are like three people I'd hire before Pedro Pascal for this role. I mean, here's uh, the thing. I mean, I I don't. I think Pedro Pascal can pull it off. I mean, I think you just have to take like you know what he's what he brings to the Mandalorian. Just kick it up a couple of notches here, because essentially it's kind of this the Mandalorian and Joel from The Last of Us. They're kind of cut from the same cloth for the most part so i mean i just i just think in terms of like the actual look of the character i think you could have uh i think you could have had other options out there personally but yeah speaking of the mandalorian uh cara dune is no longer gonna be in the star wars universe as of now cancel Uh, culture strikes again no kidding so um so, so, after after some backlash uh before before we before we uh go forward i i, I, I just want to say something so we're not a very political show we'll no we'll, we'll say some political stuff every now and again and here's the thing if you listen or watch our show just for the entertainment uh part of it um you may and you just want nothing to do with the whole political part of it you may want to skip ahead just because this is probably going to more likely than not going to get uh kind of political. So yeah, because the posts are, yeah, the posts are political himself. So Gina Carano well, who plays and the reasoning why she got fired. Yeah, right. I mean, and who plays Cara Dune basically has, is pretty, pretty vocal on social media about where she stands on certain things, mm-hmm. uh, which is she's more of a conservative and, and supports Donald Trump. And so Disney yeah. ha- has decided to part ways with her. Uh, and THR, who represents her, has kind of been looking for a reason to drop her ever since uh, pretty much the coronavirus started up, and she was kind of an anti-masker. Um, yeah. But uh, so she's made some posts, you know, about you know different pronouns and in and, and that culture, and she's been super. She's been a vocal supporter of Donald Trump, uh, and so back in November, there was some stuff that popped up, uh, and just recently, uh, kind of resurfaced. But, you know, uh, she made basically a post about or she she screenshot another post on Twitter, uh, you know, saying basically uh, comparing the the political current climate to Nazi Germany and that if you're a conservative, you're basically uh, Jewish, uh, like kind of making that comparison. So Um, I actually have the actual post. right. Oh, yeah. Down there. Here. Yeah, I'll read it. Yeah. Um, so it basically shows a bunch of and some Nazis chasing down a Jewish woman. And uh, it says Jews were beaten in the streets, not by Nazi soldiers, but by their neighbors, even by children. Uh, and then the quote is, because history is edited, most people today don't realize that to get to the point where Nazi soldiers could easily round up thousands of Jews, the government first made their own neighbors hate them simply for being Jews. How is that any different from hating someone for their political views? Which, yeah, I mean, so maybe, maybe, maybe the the post was taken out of context, but I think what she's saying is an accurate statement. Like, 
doesn't matter what side of the political spectrum you're on, you shouldn't hate a person just because they're conservative yeah. or liberal. Um, there's nothing right. wrong with saying that or quoting someone with saying that because we've seen that said, except even in a worse light by someone like Pedro Pascal. Yeah. Um, he, he equated, I think it was... Uh, children uh, in cages to children in the Holocaust here. And he, right. basically, he basically said that, oh yeah, this is like no different. I'm like, eh, no, there's some difference. It's pretty different. And then, yeah, you know... Yeah, there's some difference there. And not to mention uh, <laughs> that picture that he was... Uh, that he was uh, a or whatever. Yeah, that was from that was, the Obama administration. Yeah, two, that was from 2010. So, yeah. so but, basically, uh, according to reports, Disney wanted to fire her back in November, and the uh, THR uh, also wanted to drop her. And but you know, yeah. good news, the good news, I guess, side of this is number one, uh, the Daily Wire picked her up to produce and basically star in a movie for the company, which you know it's probably more small scale. But uh, yeah, you know it's. It's it's sad because and there's even there's more social media posts like, dude, there's been so many with left wing, uh, you know, actors in Hollywood saying they want to kill Donald, like just the nastiest stuff to the the president of the United States or the former president of the United yeah. States, and you know that all went. Nobody said anything about that, and this was, in my opinion, wasn't even something that was bad to say. It was just, hey, like this is what I'm experiencing, like. Sure. Maybe a little in bad taste because you know the Holocaust is a sensitive subject, but sure. you know I think I think the comparison and and what she was trying to do was bring awareness to the fact that we're being desensitized and taught to hate the right, you know, to yeah. or to right. hate certain beliefs and not st- and be intolerant of people who are different than other people, and that's kind of where you know that's how Nazi that's how things like that started. That's how. A Holocaust start, and you could even compare it to something like Rwanda between the Hutus right. and Tutsis. Um, yeah. And that comparison's been made by other celebrities, and no one said anything. They they compared the the storming Capitol Hill to, to Crystal Knot. Well, to Rwanda. Yeah, well, so, I mean, I've seen, I've seen comparisons to Crystal Knot. Uh, I don't even know, know what that of, is. That's the night of broken uh, glass, where essentially the uh german citizens which uh the german go- the nazi german government allowed it uh basically allowed um their citizens to essentially like uh you know go after the the jews essentially like that oh, was okay. kind of like that was kind of like the like the, the straw that the, broke the camel's back pretty much yeah 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 i mean uh to me you know i i I understand both sides of this is with her getting fired or, you know, her being treated poorly based on what she said on social media. But it really makes me mad that there's certain people, there's this double standard in Hollywood right now. Um, oh, big the, time. The, woke, the woke mob strikes again, not because she got fired, but because, you know, that dual standard is 100% there and we've seen it play out. Uh, you know, Gina, Car- Gina Carano got fired while Pedro Pascal got hired for, uh, yeah. this new show coming out, the new last of a show. And they've said very similar things. So, um, you know, you can say offensive things as long as it fits in a box and yeah. it's, and it's, and it's diminishing to one people group. Um, and if it should be the same for everyone, like even for at my job, I work for a company where I can't say whatever I want to on social media. 
nor can sure. I in person because I represent the company at all times, whether I like it or not. So I understand that the they might they might have a similar standard, but it you know it. But to it's me, not it wasn't a term or anything like that. It was just like here's what I'm, I'm, I'm seeing. Here's what I'm viewing. She wasn't being offensive to everyone. We're not trying to be. Yeah, no, I mean, no. And I mean, yeah. So no, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely a double standard. I mean, you know, um, because essentially, you know, considering how Disney has employed, like, you know, pretty much all the big names in Hollywood right now, they've, most of them are on the left or, you know, liberals that have made like the Nazi Holocaust comparisons, at least in the last four years on social media. But oh, yeah, they, you know, they've but hit Donald Trump with every name in the book. Well, I mean. well right. And even uh, even uh, Pedro Pascal, when he uh, uh, tweeted out that uh, post, that was in 2018. So that would have been roughly right around the time he got hired or before he got hired to, uh, you know, shoot the Mandalorian here. So yeah, it's a, um, so, so the fact that, you know, all these other celebrities can compare, uh, you know, can make comparisons about Nazis and Holocaust, as long as it fits a certain narrative, they'll be fine here. Right. But, but, um, I mean, and going on like, you know, or speaking to that, uh, that, uh, Instagram, uh, story post or whatever it was that she tweeted out. I mean, here's the thing I understand that. And you know, the main criticism about that is that she's comparing being a Republican to being a Jew in Nazi Germany. If, if that was, well, if that was like a very broad stroke, cause I, I don't think she was saying that at all. I don't just if I took that just right on its face, I don't see that here. I see right. that I see it's more about like turning the philosophy that yeah. led up to that here. Right. Not saying that this is no. this is like you know like Nazi. We're not in Germany. Germany. We're not dying. No, correct. No, that's so. I mean, if that's what she if that's what she was implying, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's that's uh, too far. Yeah, but I wasn't getting far. that either. I wasn't either. So, but. So, I mean, but, you know, I really find this amusing seeing how Don Cheadle, like I think earlier this week, uh, just came out and said that cancel culture doesn't exist. Your own company that you work for just essentially canceled somebody due to cancel culture. Like they fired uh, somebody due to the cancel culture. And so what was the context of that? What was he even saying? Because obviously it does. <laughs> like, I, 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 I don't I don't remember the exact the exact uh, context. Uh, to be honest, I didn't actually read the article. I just remember that the quote was that he said earlier this week that cancel culture doesn't exist. So, but weird. I mean, weird, weird, weird. yeah, but I mean, here's the thing: the hypocrisy on Disney side reaches all time new heights. Yeah, uh, because if uh, Disney was because Disney apparently is saying that the straw that broke the camel's back on Gina Carano is the fact that um, she compared it was the Holocaust and Nazi Germany post Disney. You work with a Chinese province for the live action movie Mulan that is putting Uyghur Muslims in concentration camps right now. They are sterilizing the women as we speak. And you even thank them in the credits 
uh, for Jeez. you know being able to work with them, working with Milan. You have no standard to stand on. Like you, you have no high horse to look down upon here at all. Like, and even the, you know, you look at James Gunn and Brie Larson. You know, right? Both crap they've like, been So right. I mean, you know, the fact that they fired James Gunn, rehired him for, you know, tweets out were like 10 plus years old about pedophilia or making jokes about pedophilia. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they were willing to look past that. And then Brie Larson, you know, has said so many controversial stuff and rubbed so many people the wrong way. And the fact that she still has a job, even though like she's quote unquote said things that offended, you know, people it's only certain people on a certain political aisle that they're okay with, uh, offending. It's like, you know, it's not fair is what it is. Like, like you're going to call a spade a spade, like, cool. Fire Gina Carano, but you should also fire Pedro Pascal and Brie Larson and Don Cheadle and X, Y, Z who said these horrible things. If you are applying this standard, absolutely. And I find it really interesting. And I, I don't understand like what is going on, seeing how if they were trying to fire ever since November, why did, were they going to give her her own show and Rangers of the New Republic here, you know? Right. Or at least have her have a part in it. Because now, obviously, they're probably still going to go forward with the project, but just have someone else in there. Well, yeah, because we still don't know if she's going to get recast or if she's just completely. I doubt it. I, I think they're going to write her out. I, I, I per- personally, personally I personally think so, too. I think that would probably be the smartest move, just given the fact that what, you know, what they did. But, yeah, I mean, it's uh it's just crazy, man. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, and here's all the, the celebrities that are going to advocate for her, you know, like, like they did with uh, James Gunn, all the guardians did it. Right. Like, or well, is, I mean, the, the, the woke, the woke mob and the cancel culture mob. I don't know if you've heard or not, but they're trying to go after Chris Pratt for, for just based on assumptions, essentially here. Well, that he's a Christian. And... Well, not, not, not that he's a Christian, but they think, that um because he is a christian or he hat or he actually likes america that he's conservative he's a trump supporter and stuff and so he's got to go so yeah it's it's wild man and i mean here's the thing i mean i don't like uh you know talking about this political stuff um you know in our entertainment but it's come to our entertainment so that's what's sad and ultimately i think you know we as the audience have to choose is like, Hey, do we want our entertainment to be so infused with, you know, all this political, you know, garbage, like it has, like it's becoming more and more politicized and whatever, or are we actually going to say, yeah, no, we actually want our entertainment as an escape from all that stuff. We would actually want to have stuff that, you know, we can enjoy it no matter what side of the political aisle you're on or, you know, being able to hire people from all sorts of different walks of life. I mean, I get that, you know, essentially Hollywood is the the liberal leftist club here for the, and it's kind of always been that way for the most part, but my gosh, I mean, it's like at least, at least, at least like uh, make an attempt to like reach across the aisle or be, bipartisan for the most part but yeah apparently that's too much to ask for these days yeah well uh let's talk about some some good news okay 
the Sonic sequel gets a title and a logo, which uh, I love the logo. It's no information other than that, so we'll throw that on the on the screen. Uh, yeah. Basically, it's the Sonic 2 game logo with some extra flair. You get... In the in the C in Sonic, you kind of have like a like a cutout of Sonic's hair, and then the two at the end of it, it's got it's it's yellow. The rest of the logo is blue, but the two's okay. yellow and has the tails kind of uh, like from tails the at the end, the end two, too. Yeah. So, yeah, I love that they're just calling it Sonic the Hedgehog two, just like the game. Uh, I think that's great. I mean, yeah, why not? I mean, still haven't seen the first movie. I'm waiting for it to like come to like a streaming uh, service. Yeah, I'm surprised it hasn't already. Honestly, I mean, it's a great movie. I th- I thought it was great. I I really enjoyed it. It was fun. Um, all right, E3 is coming back, but yeah, kind, but kinda, but kind kinda. Of, kind of, kind of. Uh, basically, uh, what's going to be going on for E3 this year is it will be a digital event. It'll be across three days, June fifteenth through June seventeenth. Uh, basically the idea is they're going to be featuring like multiple, uh, two hour keynote streams from different developers and publishers here. So it's essentially, I mean, there's not going to be that big, uh, essentially it's just going to be like a bunch of Nintendo directs from people other than Nintendo from right. what it sounds like. Um, you know, I mean, I'm skeptical about the future of E3. I mean, because E3 is kind of shown that it's kind of a little bit of an antiquated model for the most part they oh have, yeah uh, i don't think it'll be around anymore i i think i think uh, unless like they change something up majorly it's on its last legs but um because i mean i was uh reading an article about you know e3 coming back uh this year and some th- there may be a good handful of like you know big name companies that might just sit out just because apparently e3 uh like to you know get your company there um you know rent out spaces or have like a spot in like you know the, the conferences and the presentations and all that stuff we're talking like a a six figure uh entry fee basically oh wow that's yeah. crazy so i mean so i mean you know for something like that ridiculous in terms of like price it's like yeah no wonder uh video game companies are going to opt to like you know do their own you know, get their messaging out on their own terms, especially considering how, you know, in the wake of social media, that's even so much easier to do these days. But, you know, that being said, I do want E3 to succeed uh, just because last year we didn't have E3 and, you know, we tried it. We had a couple of things that tried to kind of replace it. Like IGN did their summer gaming and like we had a couple of uh, other people try to, fill in that void but but it just i just felt like it was just weak in all honesty and it just yeah. did not it just did not like pack the same punch that e3 even brings on its worst years here so right so yeah, I, I mean i'd rather yeah. just have companies did their own this individually and i think that's what it's going to be eventually but yeah. even look at nintendo right now like we haven't really had a direct in a long time like it's been a, it's been a while and that's kind of I mean, it's a double-edged sword, but I mean, it's like if a uh, Nintendo, if there was an E3 last year, and Nintendo uh, was basically said like, okay, we actually have to show some stuff now instead of like, uh, and like actually kind of show what the future of 
our projects are working on. Like they, they don't, they, 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 they didn't have that, you know, pressure to like actually go out and deliver something here. So, but at the same time, you'll have like things like cyberpunk that will show out demos that aren't real, that are nowhere near to like, you know, what to expect from the game and stuff like that. And, you know, you have people who like, who feel pressure to show things. And so they show something that isn't real. isn't indicative of the final product. So speaking of uh, cyberpunk, look at that segue. (laughs) CG project project red gets cyberpunked. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, I heard about a little bit about this, about some hackers getting their way a little bit, but what happened with this? So um, CD Projekt Red earlier, uh, I guess it would be like, I want to say last Monday. Yeah. Uh, su- yeah suffered a uh, cyber attack from hackers. And basically th- when they got in, the hackers stole a bunch of internal documents. But most importantly, uh, the source code for Cyberpunk 2077, The Witcher 3, and the Gwent, uh, the digital Gwent card game that, uh, they released a couple years back. And so uh, hackers left a public ransom note giving CD Projekt Red 48 hours to respond to the hackers or the source code will be sold on the dark web and the internal documents will be leaked to news outlets. CD Projekt Red refused to negotiate and and stated that the hackers did not get any of personal uh, player information. Hopefully that's true. Hopefully. Um, and since then, the source codes have been, you know, according to reports, sold on an auction on the dark web. So, yeah. Um, so I get people are pissed about Cyberpunk and at CD Projekt Red. I mean, that is completely justified, for sure. But this is not how you make a situation better. If they are trying to, like, actually do right by you by, you know, rolling out patches, rolling out, you know, all these hot fixes, actually, you know, giving at least a version of cyberpunk that is actually playable. They're now spending more time focusing on this as opposed to actually improving the game. Right. So just make it better guys. Yeah. That's all we need. I mean, no, it's true, but I mean, it's a, I mean, yeah, it's this isn't necessarily this, a good look for you getting a better game with this company. Like they're not gonna go out of their way to be like, Oh yeah, we got hacked. We made we gotta make our games better, guys. Like that's that's not how things work. No, it, it it absolutely is not. And I mean it's just the fact that, you know, these guys think that, you know, they're they're doing something good, supposedly. It's like, no, if you if you're really doing something good, you wouldn't be selling you know, source code on the dark web here to make a profit. Like a court, like supposedly somebody paid like seven million dollars for that so, for all for all the all three oh, source snap. codes. That's a good so, little uh, piece of the pie. Yeah. There. So so these ha- because these hackers are, I guess, trying to say that they are, you know, trying to be like the white knights or the or you know the guys who are holding like people like CD project Red accountable. It's like, no, you, you guys literally profiteered off of stealing essentially here. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I mean, for all the talk that you can and all the crap you can give CD project red right now, 
you can at least credit them for at least trying to make things right. Like they are refunding people. They are um, trying to make the game better. They are going to be rolling out free DLC for people. So, you know, you, you don't go and uh, when somebody is trying to like be better and like, you know, do right by you say, yeah, we don't forgive you. Also, we're going to take your stuff. Yeah. Uh, people, man. Well, some uh, people's kids. some people's kids. Uh, the new dual sense for PS5 has drift just lo- similar to the Nintendo Joy-Con is what it seems like. But uh, yeah, uh, what's with these new controllers and drift? Like, I don't remember drift in my N64 controller. Do you? I mean, like, unless the controller itself was going bad or something like that. But that would right. be like maybe years and years and years down the line or something like that but uh basically yeah so um but apparently like this whole joy con drift like it's starting to circulate around the internet to the point where the the law firm that is currently taking legal action against uh nintendo for its joy con drift is now looking into the matter for on uh, uh, seeing if they have a case against Sony potentially. So, which I know we haven't really talked too much about the whole Joy-Con drift issue really all that much in all honesty, just because I feel like it's, there's really not much to be said, but I mean, hopefully if this is true, hopefully Sony repairs it for free like Nintendo does, which would be, which would be good. And, you know, I can somewhat understand the legal case against Nintendo on this, uh, you know, it's a kind of like a mass problem that a lot of people seem to be experiencing with, uh, with their joy cons. However, I do think Nintendo's willingness to fix the joy cons for free does undercate the legal basis for the suit. I mean, they're, there's, they're going out and they're fixing the problem. I mean, yeah, sure. You're without your joy cons for like a couple of weeks, maybe a month or so, but at least they're they're making amends in one way or another. So, yeah, I can still see why people are pissed off enough to, to do something about it though. Like, let's say you have like a big party or something, get people over, you bought some new joy cons and they all have drift. It's like, well, what do we do now? Like what a, what a freaking waste, you know, they, they should work out of the, out of the box, but no, um, and I, I completely agree. I mean, it seems like this is, this could have been just like maybe like a design oversight to where, you know, after a couple of years, uh, you know, certain components of the joy con wear down and then the drift happens. Like, I think that's what's somebody explained it to me that way here. Yeah. Uh, or I've heard that, uh, how that's the case. per se. And so, yeah. so it could have just been like a longevity factor that Nintendo didn't quite know about, but I mean, yeah, I mean it obviously like if, they're making the joy cons the same way now that they know that this is an issue that pops up. That's definitely an issue for sure. But yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for our nerd news. We're going to head into our round table review. Dorian, take it away. So we're going to be talking about WandaVision episode six, full spoilers ahead. Um, you know, all the spoilers, all the spoilers. So let's get into it. Yeah. We, so we, basically in this episode skip the 90s the beginning part yeah i feel like i think uh they were trying to go for like a late 90s early 2000s vibe I mean, with I, the malcolm in the middle kind of theme song 
right uh, you would well, never you-, you would never know that outside of that though like the the episode to me seemed way it's modern day like it's it could yeah. it could be 2010 2020 whatever like there's right. not a huge difference between the two but i mean i definitely i definitely got the malcolm in the middle vibes just because like you know People a lot of the, the camera yeah there was a couple well, of the scenes like that but right the camera c- coming from the kids uh perspective just like malcolm in the middle and all that yeah. um i mean i de- i definitely felt like by and large it, it was very early 2000s because i've been watching a lot of fresh prince lately and you know i'm kind of bummed that we did skip the 90s because i wanted some fresh prince of bel-air uh yeah. homage or yeah yeah something you know some some family matters thrown in there i mean you did kind of get a little bit of a uh, you did get a little bit of that full house vibe from the last episode. But even that but started in 86. So did that start in 86? Yeah. I thought, I thought that that was like late eighties, like at, at no, the earliest. Oh, wow. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. But yeah. So, um, that being said, I still felt like Malcolm in the middle was a good format that worked for this episode, especially considering how, uh, the boys play a bigger factor in terms of like the story and the development of this episode yeah. here. Yeah. The boys actually end up both manifesting their, their different powers, which I knew was going to happen basically as soon as the episode started where Billy was wearing something very rep- reminiscent of his uh, Marvel comics counterpart Wiccan. And so yeah. he had like the headband, the red Cape. You're like, Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so it, it was interesting to see kind of them get their powers and then, you know, see stuff with Pietro and Wanda kind of go happen, which which we didn't really get too much more than we already had with, with Pietro other than he knows about life outside the hex. That's kind of right. something we pick up on and that he knows what that Wanda's controlling everyone. Right, but even Wanda seems to be as confused as we are about like, Pietro's, uh, you know, reemergence here for the most part because well, and there was that one scene where it flashed really quick and he was dead too, just like the vision kind of thing. Yeah, and, and so had, I, I had, was confused by that. I was like, whoa. So yeah, he had, he had the not, holes and all that. Yeah, yeah. So why? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, because I mean, she even said things like, you know, why do you look different? You know, where's your accent here? And he's stuff. like, where's your accent? Yeah, exactly, and. Yeah. Kind of a medical, but, uh, definitely. I mean, they did talk about like their parents, like I think at least once or twice, um, in this episode. So we, that may open the door to a Magneto appearance. We, we will see who knows. Um, but yeah, I mean, but one of the interesting parts about, uh, her conversation with, uh, Pietro is one, doesn't seem to fully understand, how her powers got to this level. They, they are, uh, uh, you know, I mean, she, she's, she's aware of like what is going on and what is happening for the most part. But in terms of like how she got there, she's not entirely sure. Right. In terms of like, in terms of, um, you know, how this whole thing started per se and like blah, blah, blah. So, so who knows? Like there could be somebody behind the scenes, like pulling the strings here potentially. Yeah. 
Well, and essentially, this episode is Vision's quest to find out what is actually going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get little nods here and there, like what was the street name that they the kids weren't supposed to go uh, past? Ellis, I want to yeah, say. Ellis. Ellis. And so Vision ends up seeing El- the Ellis Street as he's trying to figure out what's going on, and ends up leaving the hex and trying to warn people or try to get help um, for Wanda and for the people inside. Yeah, but. It seems like vision cannot exist outside the hex. So we got some yeah. answers there, at least with, you know, is all, you know, can all this make it through there, which obviously vision's not going to hopefully the yeah. boys do. That's going to be, that'd be cool. But um, yeah. yeah, interesting. Yeah. Well, and like even before he uh, got out to um, outside of the hex, he's going to the outskirts of town where it's kind of very video game. Like in my opinion, yeah, where like, like glitch going on like, like right almost. yeah like uh you know somebody sp- uh sped run th- and like clipped through a wall and got to an area where he wasn't supposed to be and so all the npcs aren't actually like functioning or acting like they should be like you know you got people who are just kind of doing like a uh, loops of like the same action you know that lady trying to hang that uh that uh ghost on the string decoration you had the yeah you know, a bunch of people just standing in place, just staring off into the distance. One of them was like crying. I think that was the one thing in the ghost thing. Right. Exactly. Freezing and going back, freezing, going back. Yep. Exactly. Um, Yeah. I'm interested to see how the whole hex thing shakes up. Cause basically, uh, Billy's powers, uh, manifest at the end. Tommy's do kind of like midway through the episode where he's speeding around with his uncle. Yeah. uh, And then speeds around by himself. But, uh, Billy can hear his dad kind of crying for help. And then Wanda goes kind of berserk mode and extends the hex, sucking in people like Darcy. Um, and then we got, I don't know, did uh, did Monica Rambo and no, Jimmy... They, they, they got out. They, they got they, out. They, okay. they, yeah. So, and then we heard something interesting about uh, Monica's DNA, basically, like kind of her, her DNA and her cells have been rewritten every time she's gone in and out. So I'm guessing she's going to go in for a third time, and maybe this is what leads to her becoming Photon or the next Captain Marvel. Right, yeah. And then um, another interesting thing that I feel like has got to lead to something. Uh, she's talking about going back into the Hex, and she has a friend that's going to help her do that. Yeah, that was weird to me, too. I was like... Very curious uh, to see who, who, who her friend is to get her inside the Hex. Like... If you had to guess, who would it be, you think? Oh, man. So it, how insane would it be if it's like a um, a pre-Fantastic Four Reed Richards? Yeah. That, yeah that, that'd be cool. That, that'd be very cool. But um, I, could, I could definitely see Doctor Strange making an appearance before this is all said and done just because, you know, the rumor is that this – is leading it or this is setting up multiverse of madness. So mm-hmm. yeah, no, so. I think, I think both, both of those are great. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, I would have said Tony Stark, but you know, he's kind of unavailable. So right. yeah, right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, 
I really liked. There's different aspects of this episode I really liked. It wasn't the best episode. I'll be I'll be there. It's somewhere in the middle. It's not. It wasn't bad. Wasn't great. I'm in the middle. Yeah, it felt it, it furthers the plot for like the final two episodes. You know, the kind of the wrap up of the season coming episode seven coming next week and the following eight. So uh, I liked how all their costumes paid homage to their their Marvel Comics characters. Yeah, I am really yeah. interested. I'm even more interested now. Okay, so who is like who is this Pietro? Is he actually dead, or like was he sent in by someone? Maybe the Avengers. I don't know. Uh, to like help out, or I mean, he said that you called, so I answered basically. Right. Um. So I'm interested if that was from like a different universe, because obviously, you know, maybe he did have a sister, Wanda, in the other in the uh, X Men Apocalypse movie. She was yeah, younger. Yeah. She was younger, but. Yeah you know, still around. And so I'm wondering maybe if he's like, well, this is kind of a, a weird thing, but whatever. Uh, so yeah, we'll see what happens with Pietro, but I'm really interested in that still. Cause obviously that's going to be our tie to the X-Men universe. If we get any more than that, if we don't get any more than that, it'd honestly be a shame. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I'm interested to see what happens in the yeah. conclusion of this, this series. So yeah, no, I mean, if, if they really do not do anything with the whole X-Men tie in on this one, I mean, yeah, that would be kind of, that would definitely be a waste and it would uh, probably would leave us with more questions than answers. But I mean, I feel like just seeing how like, you know, like this is such a big can of worms to open up on, uh, on, you know, people who know, uh, Marvel and like, you know, the X-Men and the whole thing with like, you know, the separate movie universes and all that, that it has to be leading to something here. Yeah. Like, because I mean, otherwise, then why not just re you know, bring back Aaron Taylor Johnson and just do that here. I mean, know? they show him earlier in the episode with the Ultron flashback. They didn't have right, to with show the, that. With the Ultron flashback, but I think that was more or less just to kind of show that there is a difference between, you know, this Quicksilver and that Quicksilver here. And, right. you know, and even the fact that they reference the fact that he looks different here. So, hmm. so yeah. I mean, yeah. So overall, I think this is a solid episode. I'm kind of in the same boat as you are. I don't think it reached the heights that it did like last week's episode, like that big, you know, shock of seeing Pietro, uh, yeah. Peter Evans. Yeah. Uh, but it's keeping the momentum going for these last three episodes. I'm still interested to see how this all shakes out, but man, that's all I got. So, all right. Yeah. So next up, uh, we are going to be talking about a manga series. You've been, you still been on that manga kick. Yep. Uh, it's called, it's a uh, Mashelli. Mashal. Mashal. So Mashal magic and muscles. Now I haven't read this, <laughs> but I will say just based on that title, I'm already sold. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, go, it's go ahead and uh, tell us about it. Uh, so this is a story of a boy who lives in a world full of magic. Basically, uh, if you don't have magic, you're basically ostracized from society and or killed. Um, wow, that's pretty metal. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty dark. Uh, but he lives in a world full of magic, yet he has none. So his mm -hmm. adopted father kind of shields him. He kind of hides him from society, 
And as, as this is going, he gets him to train his body instead. Like he's lifting weights, he's doing calisthenics, he's working on his agility. Uh, and he, he's working on this since he was a baby because basically they have these lines on their faces. Yeah. You can't, you can kind of tell in the picture I put up, but it's kind of hard to tell. Uh, yeah. and the, the lines have to do with your magical prowess, like how much, how much power do you actually have? And so most people have a single line. Some people have double lines and then there's the rare people that have the three lines, uh, but basically, bolts? no, it's like a line. Lightning bolts. Yeah. I mean, kind of similar. I mean, that's a whole different thing because that's a curse mark. But anyway, yeah. Sure. Uh, so Mashal doesn't is born with no markings. And so his dad kind of, you know, uh, you know, tries to shield him. But um, Mashal kind of grows up and uh, basically, so I'm not going to ruin the plot, but some stuff happens. And in order to change the way society views the non-magic folk, Mashal wants to become one of the most powerful wizards in existence which are they're called the divine visionaries. And they kind of make the decisions in the magic world uh, from a political standpoint because they're the most powerful. And sure. if you want to, if you want to look at Mashal himself, he's basically Saitama from a uh, one punch with, man with hair basically. Yeah. Yeah. They call him mushroom head. Cause he's got like a bowl cut. Yeah. Uh, he's very deadpan. He's obsessed with cream puffs and he uses his muscles to make it look like he has magic. So, you know, he's like, he's like, like, basically has superpowers because he's trained so hard, very similar to Saitama from one punch man. Mm -hmm. But like everyone's so used to people having powers that they don't really second guess it until later on in the series. But like, for instance, there's like this one thing that they have to do once he gets in, uh, you know, to, to be in the school and you, you know, the, the scene in Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone were like up, up to the broom. Like they're standing next to their broom and Harry's like shoots up really quick. So everyone's doing that and he stomps the ground and it flies into his hand and people are like, Oh my gosh, he's so crazy. He's so powerful because it happened really quick. And then they have to fly and he's like, I can't fly. Like, so he throws the broom and then jumps on it. Like he's, cause he's super fast and then rides the momentum on the broom uh, to make it look like he's flying it. That's so that, that's, that's just fantastic. Yeah. And so, uh it's very funny it's a very funny series but uh it has he also has the naruto power where all his enemies become his friends so uh, power friendship basically yeah yeah he'll be fighting someone and be like hey so you know basically like we can still be friends type of thing and uh he has very little social awareness but when when stuff hits the fan he's definitely ready to fight um so the 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 series takes place at easton academy which is very reminiscent of hogwarts uh, you got Wahlberg, which I love that they named the head wizard of the place Wahlberg because of Mark Wahlberg. But I mean, uh, who's the he's the Dumbledore figure? He's like the headmaster. And then you have the different houses, and I can't remember all three, but uh, Mashal's part of the Alder House or Adler House. I think it's Alder. I can't remember. But theirs is like a bird. They have like a bird uh, insignia, and then there's uh, Orca, and then. I can't remember the other one starts with an L, but I can't remember it right now. Anyway, uh, then the supporting cast, there's Lance Crown. He has a gra his gravity magic, which is pretty cool. He's like kind of, I don't know. I always say there's like always like the Sasuke of the group, but he's very powerful. He's like the most powerful friend kind of that Mashal has. Mashal's OP, but. Gotcha. And he, every, every character has like a weird bet from like another manga or anime where like yeah. his, his is like, 
his like he's he's very much loves his sister and he constantly brings up his sister kind of like and you've seen that as like a trope in other um manga anime series where they're like i'm doing this for my sister my sister my you know like or what yeah. some sibling you know yeah and so have his, like a thousand flashbacks about it too yeah. and stuff like that yeah and so and he has his his motivation is his sister has like this disease where she's losing her powers slowly and once that happens she'll be driven out of society because she'll have no magic so very similar to mashal i guess except mashal doesn't have any power lance is trying to become a divine visionary so he can change that rule and have his sister live a normal life just without magic um and then you got lemon who's the typical girl uh she's in love with mashal she thinks him great she she's she's so over the top that she's like she, she thinks they're already married basically um one of those one of those and then you got dot and he's the one that has too much energy energy uh he's over the top and he's always like call he always refers to mashal as his rival a rival uh, in an anime manga series i know right what? But they're friends, so it's like, you know, you got the Vegeta Goku dynamic. What? Yeah. Crazy. You got Finn Ames, who's the best friend, very loyal. He's kind of like the very, uh, he's not the prude, but basically very reserved, unsure of himself. uh, And Mashal and the crew is trying to help him to kind of come out of that. And then you got Rain, who's uh, Finn's older brother. He's House uh, Adler's uh, prefect. He's the leader of the the house uh or the dorm and uh you know he's pretty op he's well i don't want to ruin it for everyone but he's pretty op gotcha and so i would say there's 49 chapters right now i'm caught up if you're a fan of one punch man this series is for you like 100 percent. it's super similar um it's just basically one punch man crossed over with harry potter and you get Mashal, magic and muscles. Uh, now, real missed opportunity there for you not to quote Pr- Prism uh, Mike here. No, not like Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> the Dementors, the Dementors were everywhere. Uh, which I just watched the first two Harry Potter movies yesterday. So we'd had like a little marathon since it's like, what, 10 degrees outside right now? Yeah. Uh, anyway. There's a good balance of action and comedy in this and definitely excited to read this every single week. And I'm excited for a future anime, which is all but on the way. So that's fair. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I texted I, Tim. Siebrecht. I was like, you got to read this. And honestly, I was going to text you too, but I know you, like this isn't kind of yeah. your thing, but it might be, you might have to check it out. No, I definitely think I will. I mean, I still need to check out uh, Kaiju uh, number eight just because, I mean, that looks definitely up my alley yeah. too. I'd say get, but, the uh, Viz, get the Viz app or the Shonen Jump. They're the, they're the same app, basically. It's $2, it's, it's $2 a month okay. for uh, all their whole cat library. Like I'm talking, if you want to go back and read Bleach, you could read every single issue of Bleach. If you want to read Dragon Ball, bu- if you... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just I was just going on and on. Like they have all their stuff, except for Full Metal Alchemist for whatever reason. I don't get that. They don't have Full Metal Alchemist. So, yeah, yeah I mean, two bucks a month—that's pretty reasonable. Oh, dude, I've yeah, Jujutsu Kaisen. I've read. Like, if I was adding it up, you know, like because Mashal hasn't come out in English with the the volumes, like the uh, the actual like like paperback book. So you'll have to read it digitally. I think that comes out in March, but. Basically, they, they release it online. And if you're caught up, it's free. So like once you get caught up, Dorian, if you're like, I'm just going to stick to these ones, you can yeah. drop it. In the, the previous, the most recent four issues are always free. 
I think gotcha. is what it is. Or maybe it's kinda like the like, first three. I don't remember. Kind of like how Hulu used to run back in the day when they had like their free model where you could yeah. um, where you could watch like the most recent episodes for free, but the back catalog you had to pay for. Here. Right, exactly. So I, I would say you should definitely check this out. It's worth, you know, especially with like Kaiju and then you got um jujitsu kaisen you've got chainsaw man on there which i'll be talking about chainsaw man later i'm not caught up on that okay, yet but you got me in, you had me at chainsaw man yeah i'll uh we'll talk about that in another day uh and then right now i'm reading and i'm i'm trying to get caught up on berserk which that's not on the the app because it's a different company i think it's i can't remember what it's called but it's not shown yeah. in uh, but I got Berserk. I got some Full Metal Alchemist coming, and so I'll be doing reviews on that on our channel slash Instagram in the near future. But yeah, I'll I'll uh, once we're caught up on this, this might be good for you know little little discussions on you know where the current episodes are going, not just giving people like resources, but actually talking about issues and episodes. So yeah, yeah, no, for sure. All right, well, that's all I got. What about you, Dorian? I got nothing further to add. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. We greatly appreciate it. Check us out on our social media. Make sure you leave a review, leave a like, subscribe. We're on all different uh, podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever podcasts are. That's where we are as well. Uh, Subscribe to our YouTube channel, guys. Uh, We're going to be doing stuff over there. Check us out on Instagram. All those good things. Have an awesome week. Remember, everyone learned about something.